the volume. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code MONACO to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code MONACO. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas City, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, cdkng.org co slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply All right, welcome into another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Alex Monaco here, fired up to be with you. Week two in the NFL. We are live on Amp Volume Sports, wherever you get your pods. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, all things Moneyline Monaco across socials. All right, people, it's week two. I'm fired up. Just want to lay the land from a betting perspective before we hop in. Cannonball, Sandlot with it. So favorites last week under sea level, seven to nine against the spread, whereas the story was the road covers, most road covers since 2006. There were 12, not including the round out of week one, dramatic Monday night football. The Bills did not. And, you know, the story that was kind of swept under the rug was how teams that didn't play their starting quarterbacks fared in particularly the first half, right? You want to see how these quarterbacks did. There were nine teams that did not play their starting quarterback week one. And those teams went two and seven against the spread in the first half. Some of those included the Eagles, Cowboys, Ravens, Rams, Bengals, Lions, Vikings, Titans, and Chargers. So to sum it up in one word, rust. All right, we don't want to overreact, but we don't want to underlook anything as well as we break down my best bets here. I'm going to do my depth chart. Three, two, one. We're going with a Christian Hackenberg, third stringer, and that's generous to Hackenberg. And then we're going to work our way to our dirty dog. Our dirty dog last week was the Cleveland Browns. I told you to plug the schnoz, and it's going to get ugly. And they dismantled the Cincinnati Bengals. Our Hail Mary parlay went three for four. And the props went two and two. So we're going to try, obviously, to do better than we did last week. But let's dive in here. My third favorite bet. Now, I've locked these in at different lines. I'm still going to co-sign on them, tell you what they are on DraftKings as we speak. But I took the third on the depth chart this week. Atlanta 
Dirty Bird Falcons. I got them at plus one and a half. The line has completely flipped. The Falcons, as we speak, are minus one now on DraftKings, minus 118 on the money line. So it's a certified coin flip there in ATL. And this is going to be gross because if you look at the box score of Carolina Atlanta, and then you would go eye test box score 38 piece put on the Bears by the Packers. You're sitting here, you're looking at Ritter's stat line, you're looking at the Falcons being outgained in overall yardage. Yada, yada, Seinfeld, yada. I'm here to tell you this game and this choice is simply style of play versus style of play. What do we know that the Bears did not take advantage of with this Green Bay Packers team? As we look at the number one reason why I got to back this club is the Atlanta Falcons are a top three rushing team from last year going against a mediocre and I am furious that the Bears, they were one of my pick sixes last week for not attacking the jugular of the Green Bay Packers run the ball on a bottom seven run D from last year who gave up damn near 140 a game. Why that didn't go into the Eber flu train of thought. The bears are a train wreck as far as overall game plan. That was a 10, six game at halftime. Anybody's game, zero adjustments in the second half. I digress. So we bring it back to this game. What did the Falcons do incredibly well week one against the Panthers? And to the Panthers' credit, not a terrible defense from last year. That was a Panthers team last year that was 32nd in time of possession. They were the worst time of possession team of anybody last year. You look at it, you say to yourself, Algier had over five yards per carry. Stole a Bijan Robinson tug, by the way. Two tugs for Tyler, one tug for Bijan. He goes for over five yards per carry. And you're going against uh Packers team that does not stop this element. Now, the other side of the coin here is that Green Bay could take the same counter. They could slow the rock down. They could try to go two-headed monster, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, and, and babysit like they did love last week. These are two quarterbacks that we are babysitting, so to speak, on the sand in the sandbox at recess in this game. Who's going to behave? more as we look at the second reason why i want to back this team in addition to running the ball well versus a packers team that i don't believe is going to stop the run this year is this love honeymoon is one and done baby i'm not saying i don't believe in the packers i'm saying a divisional foe uh older brother younger brother a psychological advantage every corner you turn packers versus bears throw that out the window for game for game two for the packers on top of that did we see what the Atlanta pass rush did? Did we see the three turnovers? Shout out Jesse Bates forcing a fumble, getting a pick out the gate. This Falcons team came to play defensively. A lot of sharps like this team to win the South. A lot of sharps like this team over eight and a half on DraftKings. They've already moved to nine and a half team total wins. But making Jordan Love beat you, something the Bears did not do last week, Food for thought, Aaron Jones not practicing on a Wednesday, pulled up on a hamstring, didn't return to the game. You got Christian Watson dealing with a hammy, has not practiced all week as well, pending when this pod hits your ears. 
AJ Dillon went 13 on 19 last week. 1.5. Longest carry for those two gentlemen, by the way, against a really unproven Bears D was a nine-yard run, a 10-yard run. So now you're sitting here saying Atlanta D at home, by the way, back-to-back games at home, as the luxury of smothering and crowding the box if they want or stepping back and making Jordan Love beat you. Jordan Love did not have to do too much last week against the Bears. He let his team handle all of the other elements, and that's when football becomes complimentary. That's when it becomes easy. That's when it becomes you being Mr. Checkdown, not spreading the field. It's advantageous for you to back a Jordan Love in that spot. I don't see it as that scenario here. Um, Interesting stat I found in the weeds, but the defense of the Falcons only allowed 17% of successful pass attempts in the fourth quarter last four weeks of the regular season last year. It was the best in the NFL. The best in the NFL. Average rate on that hit is 41%. Falcons, fourth quarter D stepped up big. So, God forbid, this is a pick em game, comes down to the wire. I like the Falcons to do more of the little things. Win the turnover battle. Reason number three, 3-0 last week. Won the penalty battle. One time of possession. Panthers, 5-14 on third down. Now, Ritter at home, not saying it's something, not saying it's nothing. My guy's never lost a home game. Not in college as a Bearcat, not in the NFL. Matter of fact, humble sample size, but home versus road splits ATL Falcons uniform. It's undefeated at home straight up, averaging 24.7 per no interceptions in his career. On the road, he's 0-2, putting up 13.5. So we're talking about a damn near double-digit discrepancy. Humble output, so not saying there's a ton there, but if you're going to back a quarterback that's unproven, back a quarterback that no one knows what the hell he's going to be, you want to back him at home, and you want to back him against a team that has no run D. And I am shocked the Bears didn't go for that all in last week. I think that speaks more to no David Montgomery not figuring out how to use Deontay Foreman more than anything. I'll take the Falcons in a pick them at home, pick three. Let's move to my second pick. Now, I locked this in at minus three. I wish I could tell you the number's still there. The number's not still there. And the reality is there is enormous, from a betting trend standpoint, difference from three and a half to three for this particular man, Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Hate to go favorite on the road, minus three and a half. Again, I locked it in at three on DraftKings as we speak. It's minus three and a half. I'm telling you, take the number. We're going to, again, plug the nose and make sure we hit this with confidence. Now, talking out the storyline in this game before we make we make the reasoning, A lot of the storyline here is this Chiefs team lost to the Lions and it was the Jared Goff non-turnover streak continued. It was the Chris Jones, no Travis Kelsey story. Well, nip all of that in the bud because you're going against a Jacksonville team that was plus 210 with eight minutes left against a guy who's never played in the National Football League before, and the Indianapolis Colts who had the worst point differential in the NFL last year, and they barely squeaked by, should have never covered that four-and-a-half-point line in Indy. Sure, divisional game, you want to chalk that up as a one-on-one because it's a divisional foe, no problem. 
the storyline here is Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw a pick six. They win that game comfortably. Call me crazy. Secondarily, you lock in Chris Jones as we get into my number one reason here. You lock in your heart and soul, your defense aligned to, I dare say, your entire defense. And Travis Kelsey, who is now Dayton in Swifty Nation, still has not been ruled out. I am of the belief that this three and a half point line will absolutely move to four and a half by kickoff. If Travis Kelsey is a go, I'm still co-signing on the rematch of the AFC divisional game. By the way, by the way, 10 point, 10 point spread when they danced in the playoffs, 27, 20 output. Now it's a three and a half point line. What has changed a touchdown from these two teams for you to want to sit here and not back the Chiefs off a loss as we get in to another reason here. I'd be remiss if I didn't hammer you with every betting trend. All things read off of an extra time, off of Mahomes off a loss. Let's dive in. Chiefs off a loss. Chiefs off a loss. Now, this is minus three or less, so it's not incredibly accurate on point with the three and a half, but I have to tell you, they were they're 19-6 and one against the spread. 19-6 and one, giving away three points or less, the Chiefs. Here's an interesting stat I found as well. And you want to do this. And I said this before the show. And it's very much incongruent with how I'm picking this week. Mahomes, Burrow, and Tim the Toolman, Josh Allen, all lost on the same weekend or the same week because Monday Night Football. It's never happened all of last year. You get the big three in the car on their way to Vegas. One of these three is representing the team in this the AFC in the Super Bowl. You got Mahomes off a loss, Burrow off a loss, Allen off a loss. I absolutely co-signed on a cupcake parlay of all those three teams' money line. It's happening. But back to Mahomes off a loss. He's 10 and 1. 10 and 1 when playing on the road, coming off a straight up loss the previous game. All right? In tight games which is prevalent here, three and a half or less, because it is three and a half on DraftKings. Mahomes, 15 and six straight up on the road. Now you're laying less than two to one on the money line. This is a game I would swallow. Now there's such a drop off. Again, this is a guy that has been favored in over 80 of his first 100 games. Three and a half or higher, he's 30, 38 and one against the spread. So if I'm going to sit here and not lead you astray with that three and a half, that's a key number here. So you do want to tread lightly, but I am of the belief a Chris Jones potential Travis Kelsey 1-2. And, and this is an interesting number two I found in the weeds. The Jaguars are only the eighth team in the last two decades to be 1-0 and come back the following week and be listed as a home underdog versus an 0-1 straight up team. So they win week one. They come home and they're going against an 0-1 team and they're the home dog. How did those teams fare? Only seven instances. One and six straight up, one, four, and two against the spread. Failing to cover the spread by 11.4 points per game on average. Shout out Action Network in the weeds with that. And last, might I say, certainly not least, my guy Colin says it all the time, Andy Reid off a bye. Andy Reid off eight days or more. 
My guy in September and October alone, 20 and eight against the spread, 56 and 25. Here's the thing. He's awful loss. How is he in September and October? Awful loss in addition to extra rest. He's the fourth best against the spread head coach cover in two decades. Only Bill Belly, Sean Payton, and Mikey Tomlin. The only three better covers off a loss in the first two months of the season in two decades. Swallow points, back the Chiefs. You want to talk about the other thought Colin has with embarrassing as I get in to my favorite pick against the spread? Another key number we lost, but I'll still co-sign it on it with you. I locked in the Bengals at minus three. I do encourage you to shop around. We are sponsored by DraftKings, so always fire on DraftKings. But minus three is still mobbing around. The Cincinnati Bengals, and it's off of what exactly Colin says, and I love the sentiment. I love the psychology behind it. When teams get embarrassed, when teams get blown out, Humble. You cannot humble the Bengals anymore than a shellacking, a sleep in a fetal position, super bad sleeping bag. Sit there and try and talk it out with your betting buddy. You're crying yourself to 24 3 sleep. Now, I was on the Cleveland Browns last week, and I just want to pivot for a second. When you bet a team wrong like I did, Chargers week one, you're not really able to look at a blank canvas week two. You have feelings about the Chargers. You're furious at them. I mean, I bet the Saints and the Chargers last week. So I'm going into that Titans-Chargers game. An emotional betting wreck it is worth mentioning when you think like a professional. And I'm working my way towards more of this mindset. You have a big Sunday, you win. You have a big Sunday, you lose. You do not overreact. You do not underreact. You just keep it professional. Brady off a win, he'll throw an IG post up. He's back to work. Brady off a loss, he snickers hangry to double down on a more bigger performance. Well, the Bengals got annihilated, eviscerated, grown man tossed around like Brad Pitt and Fight Club. I mean, literally, Burrow signs the biggest contract in the history of the sport and goes out and throws 2.8 yards completion per attempt. Ladies and gentlemen, the number one reason why you want to back the Cincinnati Bengals, minus three and a half at home, off an embarrassing loss, is Joe Burrow in the last 20 years is one of the sickest against the spread covers to start his career you'll ever see. Top 10 certifiably. But Burrow bounce backs off a loss. I don't want to Charles Barkley guarantee it. The dude in September and October is eight and one straight up. And listen to this. I'm telling you, you're backing one of the most profitable quarterbacks against the spread in the history of our sport here in the modern day era. He's 13 and four. Joey Burr after a loss against the spread 13 and four. On top of that, scoring fewer than 20 points like he did last week. Seven and one against the spread. Seven and one straight up off a loss where he puts up fewer than 20 points. You could not back a man next to Patrick Mahomes better this weekend than Joey Burrow. Here's another interesting element. After a straight up loss since 2020, 
He's second behind Daniel Jones as the best cover in the league. 13 and four. I, I could keep it going. Have I sold you a car you don't need yet? Here's another fascinating number I found. Bengals first straight up loss by more than three points in the last 19 games with Jamar Chase in the lineup. This is another Action Network stat I found. You take out week 18 of 2021, that was a 23-game streak. They had not lost a game by more than a field goal with Chase in the lineup going on damn near, we're in a pandemic onward. So the Bengals to be 12-3 and ATS in their last 15 regular season games and two of those three against the spread losses are against the Cleveland Brownies. I'm telling you right now, the Browns have Burrow's number. I spoke on it all week last week. I sounded sharp as a pack. He was 1-4 now, 1-5 against the Browns. You just can't say that about him versus any other team. Second, second reasoning here is that the Bengals do play Lamar very well. He's had an interception in three of the last four games against him. He has not thrown for over 200 yards in three of the last four against him. On top of that, guy barely got touched by the Texans last week. Barely got scratched. All right. And when he did get a quarterback pressure and there were seven, he completed one ball. Let's not forget that this Bengals team was a top 10 defense tied with the Dallas Cowboys in points against last week, last year, 20.1 to be exact. They're also a top seven run team. Guess who they don't have on the Baltimore side running the rock? J.K. Dobbins is out next to Aaron Rodgers playing Game Boy all year. This is a rough spot here and a poor moment, poor timing for this new offensive coordinator. And it's my third rationale here, Todd Monken. Oh, by the way, in his fifth offensive coordinating stint in the NFL when he was at Georgia with Stetson Bennett. So he's coming from college back to the NFL. And if you saw, if you really watched that game, it was a disgusting game. It was so Ravens-esque, muck it up on defense, bare minimum on a lot of offensive possessions. I mean, Lamarco's. 17 for 22, he doesn't throw a touchdown. Those for under 170 against the Texans. Top three negative point differential from last year. Yes, they've Will Anderson figured it out a little bit on the defensive side, but they got a long ways to go. And that's an over-under six and a half win club. We're talking about an 11 and a half over-under team win here. So a team total win here for the Bengals. So to me, it's just a phenomenal timing of a purchase. Not to mention, you start out 0-2, you're cooked, you're done. I talked about it with the Vikings on the Thursday Night Football pod. 39 teams in the last decade to get to the playoffs off an 0-2 start, so it's must-win mode. It's in Cincy. They're off the worst loss in years. You got to back the Bengals. Let's get to my dirty dog of the weekend, baby. This is disgust. This is gross. This is vegetables with no seasoning. This is dinner with no dessert. Are you ready? I don't think you're ready. Let me readjust my Jewish Italian fro here. Gel sold separately. We are about to back, not against the spread plus three. 
not taking the points. We are grown man going in. And we are prime time Sunday night taking at plus 124 at the moment. The New England Darth Vader Bill Belichick backed Patriots at home against the laces out, Dan. Fins down, Miami Dolphins. You could not give me a more appetizing dog this weekend on the slate. Flirting with the Bears down in Tampa Bay, but the reality is you got a Miami Dolphins team that was three and six on the road last year, coming in hot, playing with house money off Tua on a top four passing performance in the history of NFL week one openers coming in, riding high, playing with house money. Well, let me remind you that this Philadelphia Eagles team off a 16 and 16, nothing first quarter lead last week. Almost got backdoor covered, almost outright lost to this New England Patriots team at home. You have a road team, historically not good on the road. Going into a divisional game where we know this, we have a huge coaching advantage, a home divisional dog primetime spot with a key number plus three. Now, if I can sell you on taking the Patriots outright, take them plus three. Thank me later. This Dolphins team going from a Pacific time zone on the road to New England, back-to-back road weeks. Got an interesting number here, betting trend, one of my thoughts. It's only happened five times. Dolphins playing on the road, Pacific to East Coast time zone. Only happened five times for teams in the last 20 years. So very unique scheduling here. Chiefs did it. In 2018, last time it even happened, teams in this spot, historically, one in four straight up, two and three against the spread, minus 42 in a total of those five games. It's not a great spot. Not to mention, do we need more bulletin board material than you otherwise would think you need for this spot? Last time Bill Belichick and the Patriots were home dogs against the Dolphins, 2002. I was learning long division. I was learning cursive. I wasn't even close to having my license. I was literally playing Foursquare, dodgeball. That's the last time. 20 consecutive games this Patriots team has been a favorite against the Dolphins. Not saying that's something. I'm just saying teams know. Teams know. I asked this to Jared Goff specifically a summer ago. I said, do you guys know when you guys are huge underdogs or just rare underdogs? He goes, We don't really know week to week, but when everyone talks about it, yes, we are aware. And yes, obviously it's thrown in the pot as motivation. But a home divisional dog, and this is an interesting thing. Miami now kind of has a little bit of pressure on them. They're chalk to win the AFC East for the first time since 2003. They have not been favored to win this division in two decades. But you have to put this into perspective as a serious reason here to like the Patriots. What did Tua do more than anybody last week? He stretched the field. He threw deep balls. Matter of fact, I got it right here. Six big plays, 20 yards or more. It's a fact. It's a stat in the betting world, in in the football world. Led the league with six big plays against the Chargers of 20 or more. Do you know how many big plays 
the Eagles had against this Patriots team, trolling at the beer pong table, people. Zero, zilch, bagel, nada. So you look at Tua's game against the Patriots last year, games, the time he danced against them in New England, he threw for 109 yards, 15 for 22. What does Belichick do like clockwork? Like clockwork. He shuts down what you do best. Let's say he finds a way, Christian Gonzalez, to hold Tyreek Hill in somewhat check. We'll call that 130 and seven receptions. You think a banged up backfield, banged up offensive line, Tua against a real defense who just literally shunned the representative of the NFC for three of the four quarters. After a 16-point first quarter, man is the magician of halftime adjustments. Zero points, three points, zero points. Excuse me, zero points, three points, six points. The rest of the game. Get you out of here with this. Dolphins entered 2023 losing five straight road games, people. Started by beating the Chargers on the road. They did what they had to do. Split two road games, come back to base camp, get ready for the rest of the season. They're losing this game. You are getting incredible value. One team off a loss at home prime time. The other team off a win riding high. Win against. I, I, I mean, the Chargers are so embarrassing on defense to start the year. You have to put that all in to perspective. So I got some props real quick. I'm going to zip through and we'll get you out of here with a Hail Mary over 10 to 1 parlay. It is revolting. Four props. Did it last week, went two and two, but we did get two plus money props in there. We have three for this week. Um, I want to start out with a guy. It's hard to even comprehend, but T. Higgins had eight targets and no catches in a monsoon last week. Call it what it is. Denzel Ward said it himself. Browns played brilliant back and forth football. It was offense helping defense, defense helping offense. It's a top five pasty in the Browns from last year. Ravens corners are susceptible to being cooked this year. It's not the same secondary. I'm very high on the Ravens, but I think T Higgins off of no catches, no yards. Are we not going to bet him over 60 and a half receiving yards? Eight targets, no catches. He also had two targets, two catches. I went back and looked at week one. The following week, he had 71 yards and a tutty. He's gone over this number seven times. I think the onus is going to be on Chase but they are going to open up the playbook. I have to. This is just a law of averages play. A 1A receiver goes goose egg. You don't think he's going to get 61 receiving yards to cash us minus 115 on DraftKings? It's a bet I'm willing to take. Um, I'm going to go to a home game with a guy that needs to absolutely dominate. And interesting tension here in the Buffalo Bills room off a sick loss in a four-turnover Josh Allen game. But Stefan Diggs was unstoppable against a top-three corner Sauce Gardner in the league. He was unstoppable. He was 10 receptions on 13 targets for 102 and a tug. So I'm looking at plus 220 on DraftKings for him to break 100-plus yards at an original line of 74 and a half. I'm telling you to break out the Aaron Judge gavel and slam this. The Raiders were a bottom four pass defense last year. Bottom four. 
Josh Allen, you could not get a more motivated man. And this is worth mentioning. 13 targets for Diggs. You know what the next targeted man was on the Bills? There was three of them. Gabe Davis, Kincaid, and Knox all had four targets. Four targets. 13 targets to four. Diggs is breaking 100 yards. He's probably getting in the end zone. And they're going to dismantle Jimmy Garoppolo's Raiders. I love Diggs over 100 plus at plus 220. I love this one just as much. Went back and looked. Patrick Mahomes, after a loss last year, three times, threw for three passing touchdowns each week the following loss. He is plus 135 on DraftKings to go for over two and a half passing touchdowns. Are we not taking this? Uh, Richardson just went for two total tugs, 223 in his debut. Damn near swooped a dub against the Jags. We know this Jags offense is for real. Trevor Lawrence working his way into the top five quarterbacks conversation. But the reality is this defense is still nothing special. This Jacksonville pass defense was also bottom five last year, right next to the Raiders. So we get Patrick Mahomes at plus money throwing for three touchdowns. Do you know off one of his losses last year, he put a 44 piece on the number one D in the league, the Niners and three tutties. He is scared of no man, no defense, no scheme. You are getting him with extra rest off every reason to prove to you. And guys that are decorated champions already need little motivation spots like this. Mahomes getting dragged a little bit in the media with no Kelsey. Not much of an output offensively last week. Extra prep, mediocre D. Could be a good old shootout for all I'm, no, all I'm concerned with. All I know is that's good for this prop. I love the Chiefs. I love Sir Patrick at three tugs. And this is almost triple check the stigmatism. Astigmatism. Derrick Henry <laughs> going against my Chargers, who were a bottom five. I keep saying this on the props, but I'm looking for value. Abysmal Rundy last year. Gave up almost 150 a game. Derrick Henry's off a 15 for 63-yard game against a top 10 run D from last year. Guys had nine games of 100-plus last year, and you're getting almost 2-1 to one plus 195. Tannehill's off a three-interception game. They're going to get back at home to what they do best. Yes, they have an abysmal offensive line, but this Chargers D showed nothing. Gave up the most big plays. Not really anything to show me running-wise, but Miami doesn't even try to run with a top-four passing offense from last year that Miami didn't really crush them on the running side of things. But what do we know about the Titans? They run to run to run some more. I don't think Tannehill off a bad game. They're going to sit there and try and coach the guy up. They're going to get a must win because they can't start out 0-2. Um, Derrick Henry at damn near 2-1, to 100 plus yards. You will not see that pay out very often, often under 100-yard game. Um, we're out of here on a Hail Mary parlay. I'm on the Bengals. I am on the Patriots. I am on the Chiefs. Put them all in this money line as I round out the show with one team. And this team wins for us. It pays plus 1080. 10 to 1, Jerry. I got to back to Chicago Bears. This is such a gross bet. Almost was my dirty dog, but I want to give you a real winner. I had to go Patriots over Bears. But I will sprinkle on the baby bears who, again, 
are one thing against the division and another against others. They're the worst cover since 2019 against their division. They're the worst cover. This team's lost 11 straight. There's not much Seinfeld conceivable reason for getting up in the morning for this team. But you can make a case that this is their season. And you're back in a Bears team off an unthinkable L. But you're back in a Bears team off Sharps taking the Bucks plus six last week against Minnesota and now pendulum swinging to the Bears. The sharp money, go look at the public split, the tickets, public splits, and the money. Tickets are on the Bucks. Money is on the Bears. It's a week-to-week pendulum swinging league. We know this. The Bears, for what it's worth, are going against the 84th best home cover out of 86 quarterbacks since 2020. Baker, you're going to need progressive insurance. Mayfield, since 2020, is 84th at 6-13 and 13 against the spread at home. That's with all the support in the world in Cleveland for most of those numbers. Only Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan are a worse home cover in the last couple years. Baker Mayfield is going to go against a team that is as motivated as you can be. Justin Fields, look, when you don't stick to a game plan the previous week, you typically get a little more tightened up, buttoned up with that game plan the following week. They didn't insert the run. Now, we know this this Bucks team was a 32nd ranked, 32nd ranked team on the run last year. For what it's worth, this Bears team stopped the run last week. A.J. Dillon did nothing. I mentioned it off the top. Aaron Jones did nothing. Their longest yards between the two of them were 9 and 10 yards. So no big plays on the run side of things. They just did not do themselves any favors on the offensive side of the ball. Time of possession, run the rock. Herbert and Foreman have to be figured out. Do not let Justin Fields lead your team in rushing attempts. For goodness sakes, Eberflu. If the Bears can just not blow it on the game plan side, Baker will. It's a great buy low spot, great sell high on the Bucs and the Bears. And they, with the Pats and the Chiefs and the Bengals, pay 1080. So we are out of here on a 3-2-1 depth chart. The Falcons, now minus one. Take them on the money line. I got them at plus one and a half. Numbers gone. Benefits of listening to the show earlier in the week. Follow me on Action Network for my picks. They've been punched in, baby. Pick two, swallowing it. Live by and die and buy it. The Dustin Hoffman hook. Sue me. Don't actually. Minus three and a half. Chief second pick and my favorite pick. The Colin Cowherd theory. Teams off an embarrassing loss the previous week. Back them when they're down. Backs against the Burrow wall. Swallow the three and a half. Ravens catch an L. And we're going to go with the Patriots outright dirty dog with four fun props. And of course, a four-team lay. That is three of those teams plus the Bears. So two dogs, two favorites. Nothing over two to one as far as laying it on the favorite side. Nice little cheeky payout. Appreciate everyone listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review for Paul, for myself. We are out of here on the Moneyline Monaco pod. And as always, don't forget to hug your mothers. We'll see you next week. The Volume.